You're listening to Beyond Infinity, your weekly dose of science and technology, presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. Simon Mulvaney of Save the Bees Australia. He's a regular contributor to the program and we've we've talked recently there's been some vindication of stuff that Simon's been involved with where you know the 7:30 report in particular came out with some revelations uh, which really supported a lot of stuff that Simon's been talking about uh, in relation to truth in advertising the quality of of or lack of quality of of honey that's coming into Australia some of it's been called Australian honey and some of it isn't welcome again Simon Mulvaney Tell, give us a bit of an update on what's happening with Capilano because it's not over yet. So Capilano's up for sale. Well, we were all hoping it would be all over. And mm. as far as the public concerned, it is all over and they're fed up. I think um, the ACCC are doing a very vigorous um, research into what's actually gone on and hopefully some big fines will be given. But in response to me, um, which I'm really surprised at, I offered them a, a very reasonable settlement in the last couple of weeks, but they seem to really be keen to pursue me, hmm. which um, I'm the defendant, so I'm just continuing to battle on. And and one thing I did recently was take them to court to get my suppression orders removed, and I am waiting maybe... A, we're meant to be waiting three or four weeks for that to happen. But in between time, there's been a court case in Sydney about another journalist who wrote about Capilano and he had all his suppression orders removed. The judge, uh, Capilano, appealed that. He won again. He won with costs. And the the judge's summary of the whole thing said, we're extremely critical of Capilano's conduct or their lawyer's conduct and said it could have a um, massive, uh, massive effect on free speech in the future if this fight hadn't been had by Shane Dowling, and that's also the case for me. So there will be some benefits out of this for other activists in the future, I'm sure. What sort of benefits? You just mentioned that, that um, you think that there's, there's some benefits that are going to flow to other activists in, in perhaps in other areas, like whistleblowers, that kind of stuff. How specifically do you think that your case has has supported them or potentially strengthened their position? Uh, one segment of the community that I'm watching a lot and they're pretty outspoken is the vegan community mm-hmm. and they'll go to big abattoirs and protest as, as the animals are coming in to get slaughtered. Mm. A few of them are getting sued by these big companies. Right. It, it is quite daunting when these huge companies come to sue you. What, what Capilano did in my case was a corporation isn't meant to be able to sue an individual for defamation. So they, their CEO, Ben McKee, was suing me for defamation. But then on top of that, they threw in an um, injurious falsehood claim. Whether you can do that or not is speculative. But right. um, I think in, in this case, the, the, definitely the appeals court in Sydney didn't think the two could be rolled together Mm -hmm. and they've been very critical of of trying to do that. What uh, Capilano tried to do is win the defamation case and then throw the injurious falsehood case on on top of that. The onus of proof should be on Capilano, but um, unfortunately um, in defamation, the onus of proof is on on me. In, In my recent hearing, I didn't have the test results um, and now we do have the test results, which is um, 
which is great. We've actually got the paperwork. So then you can kind of say to the courts, well, what I've been saying all along has, has been fair comment. It's been based on, on reality, on truth. Um, the way Justice McCallum put it was the free speech and, and on an issue of food security, mm. which is of massive public concern, mm. there's got to be freedom of speech. I'm dealing with these egomaniac men the whole time we just needed some wisdom mm. and i said isn't how come i keep on talking to these blokes who think we're in some competition well specifically there was one fight that uh, or ben mckee on the phone I, I i complimented him for raising the share price from two dollars to 21 dollars. i said it was incredible that you achieved that in five years but one thing you really let down was your social media i said that's your shop front and you've got no social media and he took that as me criticising him mm. when I was basically saying it might be something you think you could, you might be worth improving on. Mm. Mm. And he said, we're going to California. We've got this girl. She's the best social media person in the world and we're bringing her back. And so I said, you and me, you get me together with that social media person and we'll work out an angle. The biggest irony out of this is I said to Ben McKee, if you want to improve Capilano's image, why don't you go out, meet some beekeepers, find out what their life and, and make videos? And that's their, been their campaign ever since they've had the meeting with me. So people who think I'm vindictive against Capilano are absolutely wrong. I'm, I'm vindictive against an importing regime mm. that is bringing down the price of honey for every beekeeper in Australia. Now, just on the subject of Ben McKee, you mentioned to me that in conversations, uh, and I presume we're talking about the same period of time two years ago, but you mentioned that, that Ben had specifically made some job offers to you. On more than one occasion, he'd offered you some quite decent, lucrative positions, correct? The first time Ben McKee offered me a job uh, was, we're on the phone and he said, we're needing this um, gardening done or this um, landscaping done under our head offices in Brisbane. And we thought you'd be perfect for the job. And I said, what makes you think I want to move to Brisbane, Ben? He goes, well, it'd be a, quite a, a good lucrative little job for you. And I said, have you seen my life? I'm working with bees. I've got responsibilities with my son. I'm, mm. I'm not going to Brisbane. Mm. I, I don't want to go to Brisbane. Mm. And then he said, well, that's a pity because I was going to be sitting in my big office looking down on you <laughs> doing the gardens. And I was like... Like, if you want me to have any venom in me in the future, you're certainly giving it there. Mm. I, like, how come you, you, because you've got a big office and earn a lot of money, do you think I'm going to be looking up to you any better? Or, or he, he was demeaning me, but um, it was, you know, water off a duck's back in, in many ways. And he'd be, pr he'd be on a pretty good wick at the moment because presumably as CEO of a company that, as you said, he's taken it from a, an initial share price of around $2 up to about $20 now, over $20. And there is a, a, you know, there's a sale underway. There's a, there's a process that's been going through, and there are some competing companies that are that are interested in in that, making offers and stuff to buy Capilano. And so presumably he stands to benefit from via bonuses or options or whatever in a financial sense from from that success that he's that he's overseen at Capilano. But he also he, he made another offer, didn't you say, for a, for a job as a um, as a beekeeper for a new site that they'd purchased that Capilano had purchased. Yeah, they've been buying apiaries around Australia. It's one of the things I've been critical of them for, mm. um, particularly now that they're going to get sold. So those apiaries could be belonging to a foreign investor if Capilano sells. But yeah, he he said 
maybe you should run our new apiary assignment that we've got. It, it pays around a hundred thousand dollars a year, and I um where was I that? Where was that, where was that located? Somewhere that you uh, yeah, New South Wales. Right. I know what it takes to be a commercial beekeeper. It's bloody hard work. And mm. the last thing I want to be doing is driving bees around on trucks around Australia chasing flowers. I, I'm sort of a, a bit more of a hippie in that way, I suppose. I mm. think bees should be kept stationary. How God... I'm just interested that... I, I, what, I, what struck me about that was that it just seemed like a slightly strange turn of events for a company that you're at loggerheads with over statements you've made about truth in advertising, about the quality and the purity of the imported honey that they're, that they're involved with and their effects on the industry generally. I mean, at this stage... Was there legal action when he made that offer for you to manage to run a newly purchased beekeeping operation? Was there already legal action underway between you two? Yes. Mm. So, I mean, how do you interpret that when you've got a legal dispute with a company and they are offering you a job? He did say to me, everything was going perfect until you came along. (laughs) <laughs> and um, you're the only, you know, thorn in our side at the moment. Mm. And um, I, I actually saw a person who was very conflicted. And I think to be running a corporation um, and working for the shareholders and trying to give them profit, working for the beekeepers, trying to help them out and to look after the welfare of bees all in one hit. Mm. And then to fit in with the supermarkets, it's impossible. And it's, I've met a couple of stressed people over my time, but the the way he was, you know, chugging down the cigarettes and how uncomfortable he was in, in his own space when he was by himself, mm. I, I I thought, you know, for me it was reconciliation that there's more to life than having a high paid job and having that. Yeah, look, I suppose what I'm I'm curious about is whether he whether he by making that job offer to you was inviting you to sort of just back off in your criticism of Capilano. Here, we'll give you a job and you you keep quiet. Look, was that, was that the way that you interpreted yeah. it at the time? The, the, or the, the, how did you take it at the time? You well, just... the first thing he introduced himself with is we're taking your Facebook and your um, Instagram down. We're working on it and we've been told that like an it's going to come down something. soon mm. and um uh, he said how would you feel about that and i go oh, we'll make the whole thing even bigger when you repress things like that makes mm. them makes them bigger I've, I've set up a new page new people and people will understand he goes well it's unfortunate because you've done a lot of hard work and the, the truth is i have and at times articles have come down um, articles that shouldn't have come down, posts that have had millions of views that shouldn't come down. And if if someone's thinking about what that is like for a writer, it's probably like a musician that can't have their song played on the radio or, yeah. or you know, a, a, a painting being ripped off mm. because all the comments and just the whole culture of it takes on its own life. So, mm. yeah, there's some... I've, I've felt heartache in, in regards of the way I've been treated over the time. He wanted me to work for him and be under his thumb in some some way, controllable. That's how I felt. Mm. And he, I think he's used to, I, I would say someone in that position is used to controlling people. Thanks for listening. 
We'd love for you to review us on iTunes. It's a great way to let others know if you've liked our podcast. And don't forget to follow us on social media, Beyond Infinity RPPFM on Facebook or Infinity RPP on Twitter.